Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah? Can you hear me when I talk? Am I supposed to talk like this? Oh no. Yeah? I belong to
I'm good. good. I'm okay. Good. Jesus. Father, we thank you that we belong to you, God. We thank you that we belong to you, God. That from the beginning of time, you thought of us. You said, I'm going to do it for them. I'm going to do it for them. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to go to the cross for my beloved because I love you. because I want to protect you. I want to keep you safe. I want to deliver you and redeem you. I want to help you through your struggles. I want to be able to hear your cry and answer you. So Father, I thank you. I thank you for loving us and I thank you that today we confess, Lord, that we belong to you, God. We belong to you, Jesus. And we thank you just for allowing us to, to worship at your throne. Your word says to worship in spirit and in truth, Lord. There's so much deception in the world, God, that sometimes we don't know what the truth is. But we do know that you are truth. Father, we do know that. We thank you for tonight. We thank you for the word that's going to come forth, the word that's already anointed, the word, Father, that's a two-edged sword, the word that gives us clarity, that gives us momentum, that gives us inspiration, your word that it's like breath into our lungs. Without your word, hmm, Without your word, we wouldn't exist. So, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for that book of instructions called the Bible. We thank you, God, that you thought of absolutely everything for us. God, I pray that tonight I would hide behind the cross, that they would not remember that Pastor Elba preach the message, but that they will remember that the message was preached. 
Father, I thank you. I pray that I would decrease and you would increase, God. That if there's something that's going to come out of my mouth that does not align itself with the word of God, that you would shut it. The way you shut the lion's mouths with Daniel, God, that you would shut it. Holy Spirit, I give you free reign in this house. Bring conviction. Remove complacency. Bring healing in the name of Jesus. Bring deliverance in the name of Jesus. God, we are a desperate people tonight. This is not just another Friday. This is an invitation to the throne room of grace. This is an invitation so that you can get to know your maker just a little more. So God, we come against principalities, demons. We come against those high thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of Christ. And we cancel every assignment of any witch, of any demon, of any principality. We cancel it right now in the name of Jesus because you have given us authority to do that. And today, we walk in that authority because of you, Father. So, Lord, before we sit down, we're going to give you a praise like never before. Your word says to praise you in spirit and in truth. So we want to praise you, Father, because you are the guest of honor in this house. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I said in Jesus' name. phenomenal job they're coming back up later so you'll get to hear them again how's everybody doing tonight I want to welcome Pastor Henry he wasn't feeling good this week and um, and and God is just has healed him and he had a cold and and he just looks amazing and I am just so grateful See, I'm so grateful that when I'm in trouble, I know who to call on. I'm grateful that when I need something and I need a prayer, I know who to, I know who to dial. And it's not your phone, but it's Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Are you being blessed already? Look at your neighbor and says, I'm getting blessed. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are tonight. I really have a, uh, I really have a special service for you tonight. I, I, I really prayed about it and I asked God, I said, Lord, I, I want to bless your people. I want to bless your people. I don't want, can I tell you what I don't want? I don't want to do church. Mm -mm. I just don't want to do church. I want to do Jesus. I want to celebrate him. I want to sense his presence in a way that I haven't. Amen. I want to dare to walk in those places that I haven't walked yet. I want to dare to believe those things that I don't believe yet. So I'm going to ask God to help my unbelief. To help my unbelief. You know, I was home and, um, you know, just, um, I know we're not supposed to, for pastors, can I just be Elba? 
For pastors, we're not supposed to tell you that we're sick or we don't feel good. Oh, praise, how you doing, brothers? Oh, praise the Lord, I'm doing awesome. Meanwhile, they're just crippled, dying, and need help. And I'm going to prove it to you in Scripture that even the greatest men and women of God struggled. I struggled a little bit today. I suffer from migraines. You know, I got all this other crazy stuff going on in my body, but let me tell you what I do. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that I am healed. So I went into the throne room today, and I'm in my spare bedroom, and I was doing stuff. And I started talking to the Lord. He wouldn't let me up. I started talking and I started talking and he would not let me go. And I said, I got to go. I got too much stuff to do. I still got to dry my hair and I got to finish my notes. And, you know, I have this big agenda. And he was so sweet. <laughs> he says, will you just stay a little while longer? And I said, yes, Lord, because I had no other choice. He just wasn't letting go. But it was the most intimate time that I've had with him in a long time. And I needed that because I can't come up here and wing it. I can't come up here and just give you a scripture or give you a story. I can't. He won't let me. See, because God already knows that you have a need. The title of my message is called More Than You Can Bear. Every single breathing human being in this house has endured or will endure more than you can bear. Look at your servant Job. I don't even know how he did it. I don't. We read these stories and we don't even know how to put ourselves in their shoes. Let me tell you what the meaning of endurance is. Endurance, the fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. Another one, the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged, stressful effort or activity. Number three, the ability to keep doing something difficult. The ability to keep doing something difficult. Have you ever had something difficult to do in your life? Let me see your hands. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm, yeah, that's good. Number four, the act, quality, or power of withstanding hardship or stress. Can you put up Psalms 30, 3 to 5? Thanks. I'm going to try to go through my notes just a little quick because I want to talk instead of read. But I want to be specific in what I'm targeting because I know that the group of people that I'm addressing right here 
is a group of people that God wants to get very specific with. You didn't come here Friday night because you had nothing else to do. You came intentionally. Because you said, I need something. See, I, I might be going to do praise and worship, but God's going to meet me where I'm at. Because that's what he spoke to me when I was getting ready for this message. Psalms 30, 3 to 5. You brought me up from the grave, O Lord. You kept me from falling into a pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name. His anger lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may go on all night, but joy comes with the morning. Then I have a little thing there that says, explain despair, anguish, and overbearing. When God calls you out of that place, you know, that place that you hated, for me, there were several places that I hated. He called you out because he saw that you needed help. Because he always calls us, he always knocks. Sometimes he bangs on the door. And we still don't listen because we're just too involved in our life. But he says, you're gonna need me. I need you to answer the door because you're gonna need me. I'm gonna give you a brief little story of, and, and, and most of my testimonies come from my daughters. I have three incredible, mighty women of God daughters, but they're, they're so precious, you know, and you're a father, you know what it's like. But it comes a time in your life when you say, you only lent them to me, God, they're not mine. You only lent them to me, they're not mine. But whenever you see one of your loved ones struggling or in trouble, you run to the Lord because he's the only one that can give you hope. Uh, one of my daughters, she was, this was when Jeanette Hospital was open and I was working in Jeanette Hospital. And um, I was off my shift at 2.30 and she was in the labor delivery room. And um, I heard a still small voice said, don't, don't go home, stay. I'm like, I've been up, I've been here since six o'clock this morning. I'm exhausted, God. <laughs> Like, I need to go. He says, don't go, Elba. I said, all right. Turned my car around, went back in, and I went to visit her in the room. And I saw some people standing outside. I went in, and she had gave birth. And um, the doctor that was taking care of her was struggling with trying to get her placenta out. So the doctor proceeded to push her stomach and, and there was tons of blood and it was just like really scary. So, um, you know, the, the nurse is telling the doctor, you know, I think you need to stop because like, so I looked at my daughter and she was white and she says, mom, there's something wrong. In that moment, I knew my daughter was going to die if something wasn't done. I knew it, I mean, between, she was going into shock, and it was the most scary experience I've had, and I've had a few. I don't know what happened. I went into this, this flight mode of praying, 
that I could not call my husband, I could not call Pastor Henry, I could not call anyone. The only one I called was Jesus. And in the room, I started and I started, and the doctor looked at me like she saw a ghost. And I didn't care. See, I didn't, there was no discretion for me there. No discretion. See, because it was more than I can bear. And I felt like I couldn't do anything, but I knew that I could call on my dad. See, I knew that. So, you know, they, they said, you got to leave the room, ma'am. You know, this is an emergency. And, and the next thing you know, they're, they're wheeling her into the OR. Because now she's going into shock. And they're wheeling her in, and I grabbed Dr. Rao's hand, and he was one of the anesthesiologists, and I said, please, don't let my baby die. And he said, just stay here. And the doors of the OR closed. And all I could do was pray. But it's not all that you can do is pray. I prayed and I believed. See, because that devil came into that room and he says, I'm going to take that kid. He had a plan. He had a plan that he was going to steal this kid. And I said, not on my watch. Uh-uh. And I stood like a lioness right in front of that door. And this is what I did. And I did that probably for an hour. Didn't call my husband. I had no time to call anyone to ask them to pray. I wanted to, but I was afraid that if I would just stop praying, that God would just walk away and nothing would happen. So I just needed to pray. See, a lot of times all God is asking you in your situation is bring it to me, not to Facebook, not to your friend. Bring it to me, because you are going to be in a situation where you're going to need to pray without ceasing. Then is when you'll see the miracle. There's some people here really dealing with depression. Tonight is your night of deliverance. Tonight is your night. There's some people here or someone in specifically that was bound to witchcraft and you're trying to get out. Tonight is your night. See, we live in a supernatural world and you better start believing it if you don't. Because if you're just faking it till you're making it, you're not going to make it. Jesus Christ is real. He's a spirit. Stop trying to please the people around you and start pleasing your father. He loves you. He gave up his life for you. Who cares what people think? It doesn't matter because guess what? Regardless if you do good or bad, you're going to be judged. Regardless if you're sleeping or not with your boyfriend out of marriage, they're going to say you are. How do I know that? Because that devil boy, he's relentless. He's relentless. And he is after you, your family, and anything that matters.
You know, I'm in a place in my life right now where, can I just be honest, where um, fear is trying to come in. Just a couple of situations and people that I love very much. And the devil tries to dictate to me, you know what's going to happen? You know, and he goes, dee, 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 just like a gossiping woman, dee, 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 or a gossiping man. Let me not be prejudiced. <laughs> and I told him, I said, shut up. Just shut your mouth and go straight back to hell where you came from, because I ain't got time for you. I ain't got time for that nonsense. See, because the God that I serve is a miracle-working God. Are you going to go through struggles? Yes. Yes. There is no such human being as, oh my gosh, do you know so-and-so? They're such a powerful person in, in, in Christ. They don't go through anything. That's a lie. And it's a big fat one. Because the higher your calling is, the greater the fire. And let me explain that one. We can go around the campfire and keep warm. Or we can go right in the center of the fire and bring up the dross so that that gold from your life will come forth. That's not going to happen till you go through temptation, till you fall, go through the wilderness, go through the desert, and go to extreme pain. I'm talking about, you know that pain when you want to give up? You know that pain? Anybody know that pain or is it just me? Yeah, yeah, that pain where you say, enough, God. Enough, I can't do it anymore. I'm tired, Lord. I'm tired. I'm weary, Lord. You need to rescue me because I am in need of you. I love that place. I love that place because I know that I need a savior every day of my life. Just because I study the word and I'm a pastor and I work in ministry and I'm in church 247, it's even harder because it's real easy to say, well, I spent time with God today. I was at work. Yep. Mm -hmm. I do a lot for you, Jesus. So I'm good. Yeah. And then he says, and he whispers, but I miss you. See, because even though I'm working unto the Lord and I'm involved with ministry, I don't have that contact with my heart. And when you start missing that, woo, you're in trouble. You're in big, big trouble. Let's look at Job 7. 11, and then I have them a little mixed up, but let's start with 11. I cannot keep from speaking. I must express my anguish. I must complain in my bitterness. Am I a sea monster that you place a guard on me? I would rather die of strangulation than go on and on like this. 
I hate my life. I do not want to go on living. And if I asked how many people have said that statement, I would get a lot of hands. I hate my life and I don't want to go on living, is what Job said. We get to that place sometimes. Sometimes depression comes in and God goes out the window. And let me just explain to you why that happens. Because your focus is not on Jesus. It's on anything and everything that makes you feel. I lost my job. So-and-so hates me. I don't have any friends. And the, the list goes on. The list goes on. And that's where the devil wants you. The next thing you know, you have a chokehold on your neck. And there ain't no love coming out from you. You know why? Because you're bitter. You're bitter. Joe started getting bitter. And I'm not saying that sometimes you get bitter. Yes, sometimes you get bitter with your boss. You get bitter with your kids. You get bitter with your spouse. You get bitter with your church. You get bitter and you get bitter. What I'm trying to tell you is stop. Stop. Stop blaming people, things, or circumstances for your bitterness. Jesus is the way. He's the one you got to call on. I don't, I don't have very close friends, and, and I'm not ashamed to say it, but that's by choice. Because I can't get distracted. See, my best friend, the lover of my soul, the one that sticks closer than a brother, you know him? Because he's in the house. Today he's saying, enough with giving me half of your heart. Enough with pretending. Enough with pretending to be a Christian. That just curls my corn when someone says I'm a Christian. I, and that's just my stuff, you know. I, I just don't say it. This is what I say. I'm a woman of God. Because the whole world calls themselves Christian. Uh, don't get me confused. I'm a woman of God. I'm a lover of God. It's who I am and it's what I do. But before I continue, Dave, can you come up here for a minute? Just put that down for a little bit, maybe over here on this side. More than I can bear. You know, there was a song you guys played and it says, you lift the load. Is that what it said? You had no idea of what I was preaching on. But this message is more than I can bear. Sometimes you can't bear it, but I know who can. His name is Jesus. Can you have them come out? Go ahead. Make sure you put it loud. 
ministering.
Amen. Amen. That, praise God. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you find yourself in that moment, because I guarantee you that you will, okay, so if this is just a little reminder that God is trying to say, hold on to your bridges, baby, because they're coming. Hold on to them bridges because it's coming. Okay? But you know, right, Denise, that he'll deliver you because it's who we serve. I want to bring up a testimony that we're going to close. But the testimony is of a woman. Now, I met her about, I don't know, four or five years ago. But the last time I saw her and she was here in this house, she said, my mother's dying. Will you please come? Me and Stacy got in the car and, um, and we prayed and we talked and we prayed. And she was a young woman. She was in her 40s, I believe, late 40s. And we prayed and, and right when I walked in and she was laying in the bed and I thought she was alive still. So I said, oh, wow, you know, maybe we can talk. And, and, and she had already went to be with the Lord. But the good thing is, that she's dancing before the throne room of grace because she knew God. So I want to give you Amber. Um, Amber knows what it means more than she can bear. Amber, will you come up, please? So for the last 12 years of her life, I got to experience my mom in such a beautiful way. 
Um, um, I still, um, that's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to go through in my life. Um, she was my rock. She was my rock. Instead of Jesus always being my rock at the time, she was. And um, when she left, I fell apart all over again. <laughs> you know? And what was crazy and so sad about everything is that the people that love me the most, I would say Pastor Henry, Miss Olive, Miss Gloria, Miss Stacy, I pushed them away and I wouldn't even come back here. Like they wanted me to. I didn't know how to see that. And uh, sometimes I, I still don't. But I know that God didn't give up on me and that he's pursued me so relentlessly. And I'm so excited for him to take a hold of my heart. Yes. Amen. come up while I read the scripture please thank you I don't know I'm trying to press that button but it's not really working I really wanted to just um, I wanted to read the scripture because I, I need you to know that there was one person that probably endured more pain than you and me can endure in a lifetime his name is Jesus and in Matthew 26, 38, it says, He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. And then in Luke 22:44, he said this, He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Imagine being in such anguish that there's literally drops of blood coming out. See, he experienced the anguish. He experienced when he was in that garden, he cried out to the Father, desperate, you know, have you ever been so desperate that you just hit the floor and you say, God, you gotta help me. Because if you don't, I'm not gonna make it. I'm not going to. And then a miracle takes place and you say, yes! But you had to go through the pain before you could experience the glory. 
sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. This is my question, and if I'm going to close out, okay? Because I know we have practice, it's already 8.30, but this is what I, I desire if it's okay with Pastor Henry. Okay, there's someone here. You are in such a battle. I wish I could take it for you. Like literally, I wish I could. But there is a war going on in your soul. There's a war going on in your soul and you can't bear it. And God is saying, I made her come and talk about this for you. For you specifically. Depression cannot have you. Oppression cannot have you. Rejection cannot touch you. Addiction can't touch you. That torture that you have in your mind, that torture that you have in your mind, that you cry out to God and you say, I can't no more, Lord. Take my life. I can't do it anymore. You know who I'm talking to. You know it's you. It's okay. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up this altar. And you're going to come. See, in a humble form. Because pride says, don't you dare. Don't you dare because what are they going to think? It doesn't matter. We covered that earlier. It doesn't matter. People are going to judge you and believe whatever they want anyway. And God is saying, could you please just let me love you? I just want to love you. Will you dare to come at this altar and give it all to him in the name of Jesus? Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, God. And have your sons and daughters come up and lay themselves at this altar and we're all here for the same purpose to get to know you bigger stronger in a wider way god that they would come up here and not think about anybody judging them but say god i need you and i am desperate for you will you please just meet me here so, Father, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you're meeting your sons and your daughters. I thank you that you're touching them in a way that they've never been touched, that they've never been wooed, and you are wooing them. You are wooing them tonight, God. So, Lord, I thank you. I thank you for those that dare. They dare to say, I'm in desperate need of my Jesus. They dare to confess you, God. So, Lord, we thank you for an incredible night. We thank you that you filled the room, Lord. And now as we go before your throne and give it to you, you will pick it up and take it as your own and set them free. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and do what you do in this house, at this altar, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you were blessed, give him praise.
Come up. Come up. Come up because if you don't come up, that torture is going to continue worse than before. Come up. Come up and shame the devil. Come up and shame the devil. Tell that devil where to go in Jesus' name. Come up and shame the devil. Hallelujah. Can you get me some oil, uh, Stacy? Some oil, please. Oh, I got some. I got some. Never mind. There's a specific person that God put in front of my eyes. Come up. Come up. God is tugging. Forget about what people think. You will never struggle, struggle with depression again in Jesus' name. Ever. Come up. And if you've never accepted Jesus, as you go on that floor, it's okay to weep. It's okay. It's okay to weep. The weeping only lasts for a little while. It's okay to weep. It's okay to weep. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you for my sister, God. Thank you, God, that you wooed her here tonight. You wooed her by love, God. You used whatever you had to to bring her here, God. I'm asking you to set her free right now, God, that she would experience you like she never has in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The struggle has ended. The struggle has ended in the name of Jesus. 